Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the show, The Politically Social, and I'm your host, Afia. Today, we have with us JC Shavira. JC was prescribed puberty blockers at the age of 13, transitioned during adolescence, and then stopped treatment at 18. She has strongly advocated self-acceptance, removing religious and social stigma, and more importantly, dealing with the discomfort of puberty naturally as opposed to a medical transition to adolescence. Today, we're going to talk about gender stigma, the side effects of puberty blockers, and what kind of an impact it has on people. JC, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on the show. We've read about the fact that you stopped treatment at 18, but we don't know anything about your story and you. So who is JC Shavira? Just a 22-year-old woman navigating through life one day at a time, hopeful for the future, hopeful for what's to come, and pretty groovy too. (laughs) So how do you think the society can help individuals who experience naturally distressing puberty? I feel like the answer to that question is more complex. I feel that instead of treating individuals experiencing distressing puberty as a whole, they should instead be treating treated on an individual case-to-case basis. Right, right. And and do you think that a lot of people who identify themselves as transgen- uh, transgenders or deal with the psychological discomfort many times go through medical procedures instead of a social transition uh, without injection of hormones only because of society or a social contagion? Um, I feel that once someone comes out as trans, they may feel a strong urge to look or present as their desired gender as quickly as possible. So I feel like that explains the, the you could say the rush to start the medical journey as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do we as a society, in your opinion, address this issue? Do you think our inability to discuss a rational gender transition is the root cause of so many problems? I feel like it, it definitely can be. This should be something that should be talked about. Uh, I feel like more openly, there shouldn't be shame in it. I do, I do see uh, people with shame when they talk about this subject, but it's just, it's a part of life. And as a society, we should definitely be more open about it. Now, many people that I've met in my life have said that it's not about wanting breasts or a penis, but it's about just not wanting private parts. Why do you think parents immediately ask their kids to go see a doctor who would put them on blockers or inject hormones? I feel like parents never want to see their child suffer. I know my parents didn't at the time, which was 2013, 2014. Uh, transitioning seems like the only way out of the anguish of puberty. So um, that's what we did. We went ahead with the blockers. So I feel like the answer to that is parents just don't want to see their child suffer. And, And what made you want to resume your identity as a female at the age of 18? I feel like it was a a cumulative realization that transitioning did not solve the deeper issues that I had. 
And I finally felt the need to embrace the feminine side of me that I had suppressed for so long, just for the fear of not looking or seeming trans enough. I wanted to, in a way, live up to the image that I had adopted. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us more about the st- serious stereotypes that you witnessed in this process. Um, would you mean the process of detransitioning or the process of uh, transitioning? Both, I would say. Um, to start off, I feel like stereotypes for people that are uh, transitioning, they need to, um, I would say, almost immediately look or present as their gender or and they won't be taken as seriously, which is, it's, it's a sad truth. Um, it's apparent and it's it's something sad, really. And stereotypes for people who have detransitioned um, that I've seen time and time again include the individual finding God or turning to a religion and preaching to trans people about how wrong they are, which is far from the truth. Absolutely. Religion has nothing to do with who you are as a person. So, I mean, just feeling that thought in itself is is wrong on so many levels. Uh, Yes. And unfortunately, that's the that's the face of detrans people, I feel like for a lot of people. And that really should not uh, be the case. Right. Now, now these injected hormones provide some short-term comfort, but now there's research that there can be long-term physical side effects. Did you have any such side effects? And, and, and do you think the medical professionals fail to properly inform you of these long-term side effects? Me and my parents, um, I was 13 at the time, were told that I would need lifelong hormones in order to look the way I wanted and feel more comfortable in my body. So at the age of 13, nothing sounds sweeter than that. Mm -hmm. So of course I, I went for it. But they didn't, but did they tell you about any of the other physical side effects that you can have possibly, you know, damage to the bones or, or to your voice or, or anything of that sort? Were you informed of that? As for the blockers, they informed me that they, it might mess with uh, my bone density, uh-huh. um, but they didn't make it seem as big of an issue as it can be. Uh-huh. And as for the testosterone, they did inform me that my voice would change. I would have physical changes. But at the time, this is what I was looking for. And as a 16-year-old, um, all you would want to do is fit in. So... Uh, I went through it. Right. So at, at 13, what made you begin to believe that you were a boy? I had sudden heightened gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. And you see, I think here is where professionals went wrong. Mm-hmm. My, my dysphoria came on suddenly at 13. I had no prior gender dysphoria before then. Mm-hmm. I feel that this may be the key or at least one of them to understand one's own true conflict rather than immediately transitioning. And, and how at, at this time, you know, when you were going through, um, you know, uh, so much, how did the doctors really present these blockers to you? They, um, they were presented as a solution to the discomfort that I was feeling. So mm-hmm. I did what someone in my place would do, mm-hmm. which would be to take it. 
because I was just feeling a lot of physical discomfort at the time. And this was prevented. This was presented as a way to relieve it. Mm-hmm. Do you think, though, that you were pushed into deciding too quickly and could use some more time? The thing is, uh, blockers, they were presented as a way to give me more time mm-hmm. to pause puberty. They were presented to my parents as well as, oh, um, if she takes this, or at the time, if he takes this, um, this will give you more time to decide if you want to go on to the the cross-sex hormones, which in my case would be the testosterone. So at the time, that's why I was started on puberty blockers at an, at an earlier age. Right. And, and, and did these blockers help you deal with anxiety or ease gender dysphoria for you at all? They helped me feel as if I was living up to how society expects the trans process to go. First, it's the social transition, then it's the hormonal transition, then it's the surgical transition. With each injection, I could imagine myself one step closer to what I thought would be my happiest, to what I thought I, I wanted to to be one day. So that's how I feel on that. So, I mean, from what we read, they do inject hormones to allow a quicker transition. But why, why do people want to transition so quickly? Is it because they fear this, that the society won't really accept them as they are? A quicker transition, in my opinion, equals to a quicker outward appearance matching with inner mm-hmm. feelings. Mm-hmm. And also, I know it never feels good to be misgendered. I would know. So one may take the drugs to prevent it from happening or from further happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's always disheartening to, um, even though the person may not mean it, it's disheartening to hear someone just uh, misgender you. Right. And uh, hear someone misjudge you and also look different and feel different, I guess. Right. Yes. So in, um, in regards to that, I understand why a uh, medical transition is sought after so quickly. Mm. How, so at the moment, there's no government approval of the drugs for this use, uh, in, including by the uh, U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Now, as a teenager, were you informed of that? No, I was not informed, neither were my parents. Uh, do you think your decision would have changed had you been informed? I feel like it definitely would have, and it definitely would have changed my parents' opinion as well. Now, the drugs suppress estrogen and testosterone um, hormones that help develop the reproductive system, but they also affect the bones terribly, the brain and other parts of the body. Now, you did tell me a little bit about uh, the fact that you were informed about the fact that this might mess up some things for you, but at the age of 13, do you think you really understood that part uh, as you would now probably? Uh, No, at the age of 13, I did not uh, take that into consideration. I was a, I was a child who wanted to relieve the discomfort I had any way I could. And I was informed the blockers could mess with, with bone density, but that was as far as that went. As for uh, the cross-sex hormones, I was informed I would have a higher chance of cardiovascular issues or blood clots. But as a 16-year-old, 
eliminating my feminine features was more important. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and was that the case with your family as well? I mean, you know, uh, obviously this was very important for them. So they did, did they really understand um, the, the physical side effects that this could have in the long run? At the time, they saw how much I absolutely wanted this. This was, I would, I would cry for this. This was something I really felt like I needed. I needed to, to develop into who I thought I, I was. And at the time, that's all my parents wanted was to see me happy, to see me, to see me not, not depressed. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, that's why, that's what, that's what was my parents' take on it. And, and do you think trans medicine is, compl- is, is politicized? It definitely can be. And I have seen it. I have seen it become politicized. But I feel in the future, it may not be the case. Mm-hmm. But as for now, I do definitely see, definitely see it. Let, let's talk a little bit about gender stigmatization and health. Um, A lot has been spoken about the social stigmatization of transgender individuals, but we don't know much about post-transition stigma experiences. Can you share any of your post-transition experiences with us? Um, Post, life as a detransitioner, it it can be a bit difficult at times. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than going to the the court to change your name for a second time and that process I feel like deep down I will never understand a natural born woman's experience growing up mm-hmm. having a teenage girlhood most of my teenhood was spent on trying to cure my gender dysphoria mm-hmm. and not just enjoying being a teenager so I feel I felt like that really ate up a lot of my my younger years mm-hmm. And do you think the the religious stigma behind it impacted um, uh, impacted you in a negative way as well? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Most of the stories I've read about detransitioners mm-hmm. are about how they found God or religion mm-hmm. and how one must do the same to be cured. I feel like these individuals have a strong bias and shouldn't be the face of detransitioners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's simply, it's, it's sad to see that that's the face of it, but um, one needs to speak up about it. Absolutely. And would you say that trans women experience more social stigma than trans men? I would say yes, because I feel there can be more pressure. Mm-hmm. If a trans woman has transitioned post-puberty, it can be more difficult to pass and therefore they are more stigmatized to present feminine, which of course it, it shouldn't be the case. Right. And, and do you think health providers are doing enough to promote the development of constructive coping skills for, for transgender individuals? As of now, I think more can be done. Treatment for transgender individuals and treatment for those with dysphoria Mm -hmm. should be treated differently. Not everyone who experiences gender dysphoria should transition, Mm -hmm. but I have hope that in the future more research will be done. 
Right, and and let us as a society soon move towards treating every human being equally and understanding everyone's my emotional mindset. You know. Um, yes. Well. Thank you very much, JC, for sharing your experiences with us today. Uh, and I really hope that things can change in the near future to make life better for, for, for you know, other 13-year-olds so that they don't go through the same things that you had to. Yes, absolutely. I think it's important to um, finally uh, put more people out there who have detransitioned and just let people know, hey, it's, it's okay. You know, you'll, you'll be okay. Right, right. All right. Thank you. Thank you once again, JC. Thank you very much.